welcome to The Bolt, the official podcast of Trinity Basin Preparatory, a charter school in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, where we share interesting stories and strategies from across our district. I'm Trey Garbers. With me, as always, is, well, me. Um, It's weird being on this side of the intro, but uh, welcome to The Bolt Podcast. Uh, Connor isn't here in the room with me. Uh, He normally kicks things off for us, Uh, but he is joining us uh, by telephone. Connor, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know if you're excited or you sound exasperated. I don't. I don't know if uh, I don't want this to sound like audio trickery. So, can you, Connor, can you prove that it's really you? I'm Connor Rogers. Per- perfect. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, well, Connor, welcome. Uh, I'm excited about this episode of the podcast, part two of our unsung hero instructional aid episode. Are you excited? Yes. Great. Me too. Um, like I said, this is a this is part two. Uh, we did a, an episode a few weeks back, maybe a month or so ago, with some of our Fort Worth IAs, and now we have a couple of uh, ladies from our Dallas campuses. Uh, one who is currently an IA, and one who used to be an IA, um, and she is now a teacher at our Ledbetter campus. So this is very exciting. Uh, before we get into that, uh, while I've got you here on the phone, Connor, I wanted to. Uh, we, we we've been getting some questions from people, so. I wanted to ask you some questions. Uh, I wish I could do this when you're here live in the studio with me, but we'll do it here. Um, These are just questions from the the listeners. Um, First one, let's see. This one says, if you had one meal to eat for the rest of your life, you you didn't have anything else to eat for the rest of your life, you had one meal, what would it be? Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Wow, that's kind of a... I'm surprised. Honestly, I'm surprised. That sounds... It's kind of a simple meal, but you know what? Sounds very hearty. Very hearty meal. Um, I thought you'd do something a little more fanciful uh, if it's the only meal you're ever going to. But that, I understand. Um, uh, let's see. Let, let's see. This next question is if you uh, have you you mentioned on the first episode you were once a sailing instructor. Have you ever had another interesting job? I did a little bit of digging. A little, a little bit of digging, did you say? I did a little bit of digging. I don't. Is, you don't have to get more specific. I don't know if that means. I don't know what that means. Grave digging, ditch digging. I don't. But hey, getting your hands dirty—that's uh, admirable for sure. Um, anything else? Modeling. Modeling. Wow. You know, hey, I don't doubt it. You're hey, you're a very good-looking dude. Um, so I get it. I will say, I would stay away from the meat and potatoes, though. Uh, those carbs, you know, you got to watch those if you're going to keep that uh, that modeling figure. So how did you? I think you did great. Um, yeah, those are the only questions I have. I think that kind of cut me off. But yeah, that's all I have for you. So you did, you did really, really well. Um, I'm really surprised about the meat and potatoes thing, though. I figured you'd have a better answer. Hey, I got this idea. I want to try this. This what? Are you holding something up? I can't see. Uh, I can't see what you're what you want to try. Is it a food or something? Yes. You want to try? Yeah. You can, hey, what is it like a? Uh, piece of pie, uh, a sandwich, Yes. a sandwich. Yeah. Hey, go ahead and try it. Uh, that's, Hey, your prerogative, man. I'm, I'm not here to, I'm not my brother's keeper. You know what I mean? Okay. Well you get it. Um, anyway, um, I think that's all I have to hang on. Sorry. I have this annoying on, on my sleeve. Sorry. This kind of annoying thread. that's just hanging off here. Uh, can I pull that for you? Yeah, well, I'll probably get it myself. I got some scissors here. Next time I see if I if I haven't cut it already, um, you can definitely uh, pull that thread for me. Just don't you know unravel my my sleeve here. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Great. Um, okay. Well, that's it. Uh, unless there's anything 
you wanted to cover, Connor, before we get to our guests? You know, I want to talk to uh, different people. Okay, I did not pay. Hey, I'll let you go, buddy. I didn't mean to keep you. That's fine. Uh, we'll, we'll get you out of here. Uh, we just want to remind everyone, uh, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Bolt Co- Podcast. Sorry. The Bolt Podcast. Sorry. I can't, yeah, I kind of stumbled. I stammered on my words. I appreciate you correcting me. Did I do better? That The Bolt Podcast. Is that better? It's just right. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, okay, well, let's get to our guests uh, without further ado. Here is part two of our Unsung Heroes episode uh, featuring instructional aides. Thanks. Okay, so today we are joined um, by a couple of young ladies from our Dallas campuses. Uh, I first want to introduce Miss Diana Iniguez from our 10th Street campus. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. And you are a, can you tell us your position at the 10th Street campus? I do special education aid. I'm a inclusion and resource for kindergarten through second. Very cool. And we're also joined from our Ledbetter campus by Miss Mariela Martinez. How are you? I'm great. Excellent. And you are a what? I am a kindergarten teacher at Ledbetter. But Connor, wait, what? I thought we were uh, interviewing IAs today. Very special case with Miss Martinez. You actually started at TBP as an IA, correct? Yes. Excellent. So very interesting to get the perspective of the transition and, and the differences between being an IA and a teacher. Okay. So let's talk about uh, what's, a, what's a typical day look like for you guys? Uh, so because I work with SPED, it's a lot of running behind all the kids. Um, like there's times where, because sometimes I take the FLS kids to a general classroom. So there's this one specific kid. He's, we're teaching him to be a lot more independent. He, he did improve this a lot this past year. Um, but he saw a, a random guy walking down the street and he thought it was the aide that worked in his classroom. So he started running towards him. Mr. Pickney, oh, no. Mr. Pickney, Mr. Pickney. He's like, no. <laughs> so he ran. Back. He ran. It could be, because if you've ever been to the 10th Street campus, right, you, have, those two you have the two buildings. So we have to cross the two buildings every mm-hmm. day. So he ran down that middle section and tried to go through the street at this random guy oh, who looked nothing like Mr. Pickney, <laughs> but he was convinced with Mr. Pickney. And so that's literally what my every day is. Oh, wow. So when you said running behind the kids, sometimes that's literally yeah, running, running behind. Running behind the kids. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. And Miss Martinez, what about you? What's a typical day like for you? I get there early just to get mentally prepared, <laughs> get ready, I guess, for the day. Um, I don't know. Our day just goes, I don't know. I feel like my day is so smooth. I already have my routines. I try to teach the kids that right away. Um, so by the time they get there, they already know what to do. And usually I'm already prepared for the day and makes everything a lot easier. So my day is very smooth. After lunch, though, everybody gets very sleepy. So... We try to do fun activities after lunch, like get some movement in. But Like what? Like Macarena? <laughs> no, we do a lot of Jack Cartman, the ca- counting exercising ones, counting okay. to 100 while you exercise, and that helps with the movement and just having activities for them to do mm. after lunch is it's, it's bad. For all of us, I think. For all of us. <laughs> all of yeah, us. That's why we schedule all our podcasts to be recorded after lunch. <laughs> <laughs> But that's pretty much it. And then, well, not really. I usually stay late too. And so how does that differ from when you were an IA? Is it a little more structured because you know you're going to this classroom every day or is it kind of all over the place still? No, it's not. Um, as a teacher, 
it's your classroom, so you have your things already set. You already have an idea of what you mm -hmm. want to do for the week. So you have pretty much set up everything, I guess, for the next day. Um, versus when I was in IA, I had to keep moving my things around. Even though I did have one specific place to put it at, like one classroom, it was just you still don't you don't know what the teacher's thinking. Mm -hmm. So you kind of go with the flow with whatever they're doing, and I guess that's that's the difference. Just things change. You have to be flexible when you're an IA, and as a teacher, um, you still have to be flexible. But it's more you're in control of what flexibility or what you're doing. So. If there was like a keyword to, I think several episodes, maybe every episode we've recorded, it's flexibility. It seems yes. like everybody <laughs> in almost every position, that's like the key thing. You got to be flexible. So it is. <laughs> So what's one thing um, that you wish more people knew about your job? It is a calling. Oh, wow. I, I feel like it's a calling. Mm -hmm. um, you can't do it for the vacations. You can't do it for the time. You can't do it because of the paycheck. <laughs> it's, I don't think anyone does it for the paycheck. <laughs> it's, it's, more, it's more of a, a, a calling, a passion that you have. Um, I've done this for, what, 12 years? Wow. and. I, I want to say I still love it. Mm -hmm. I, I love coming to work. I love do what I do. I love the kids. Um, so that's something that I, w I would say. Like, you have to know that it's something you, you have to want to do because you can't just wake up every day wanting to, you know. If you don't feel it, if you don't want to teach, if you don't like it, you're going to hate coming to work every day. And the kids are probably going to know how to yeah, after a certain they do. time, right? They notice everything. They can pick up on that, yeah. Some, someone told me once... Uh, we were both first year teachers and we were talking about how tough it is. And she said that it, it's not like you made this choice one day. It's every day you wake up, you make that choice to be a teacher. Yes. Um, I think that not only is it a calling because it absolutely is, I think people don't realize how draining it can be having to wake up every day at the same time, not being able to leave at the same time every day. The kids like some of them just worry you because you know that some of their situations aren't the best and you just want to take them all home, but you know you can't take them all home. And and it's crazy how attached I got to them real quick. Mm. And that becomes really emotionally draining, being attached to 200-plus kids at the same <laughs> campus. I want to say something with that. It is very emotionally draining, um, more than physical. I, like I said, I, I have lupus, so I feel that the days that affect me the most that I, I can't, like, I come home and I'm, like, super tired and I go straight to bed is the days that one of my kids has had, like, a rough day. It's it's the mental state. It's mm -hmm. basically what the impact they have on you, whatever they, however they feel, however they feel, they impact you and how you feel. And I can go home feeling drained emotionally based on one or two students that had a rough day because it just transfer over and I get those days more than I get physically tired. Mm. And that's, and that's true. Yeah. Well, I think too, what you guys both hit on is kind of that because you care so much, you expend so much energy and invest this energy into this relationship with these kids. So that's why when those kids have rough days, you feel drained because you've spent your energy 
trying to talk to them and listen to them. And yeah, so I, I get it. You come home and you're drained. It's a very valid feeling. I feel like because I go to college at nighttime, so after I leave my campus, I go straight to college. I feel like I'm more emotionally drained at work than I am from college. And it, like because I'm full-time working, full-time school, it's so hard. And I feel like the kids realize it too because they'll be like, Miss I, how did college go for you last night? And I'm like, it was okay. She's like, is it hard to go to college? And they just start asking me all these questions and they're so emotionally involved in my life right. the same way I am with theirs. Mm-hmm. So It's worth it. Keep doing it. It is worth it. It is so worth it. I knew I wanted to go into education, but when I got this job, I realized how much I really did want it. That was my... That was like my break. I did that too. I went to, I worked full time and I was a soccer mom too. Um, And I ended up, I was going to college. I had five classes full time and an extra one. And I remember going to school and um, that was my, my relaxing time. Even though it was school, because I knew a lot of it based on experience that whatever they were teaching us, it it kind of just connected Mm -hmm. and I already knew it. So being there was more relaxing than actually working. And I felt like going to college at nighttime actually helped because it'd be classes where she would explain a new technique and I'd be like, oh, I can use that with my kid. (laughs) I have something that's going to work finally. (laughs) But yeah. No, and I think it makes sense too because when if you go to college, you only have to be, worry about your own stuff. Whereas when you're working yeah. full time, I'm worried about my stuff. I'm worried about these three other kids. I'm worried about the coworker down the hall. Like that's yeah. that's why it's probably more draining for you. Keep doing it. <laughs> about being an IA, what's one thing that kind of bothers you about it, or you find irritating or frustrating? My pet peeve is negative people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very positive. I don't know. I'm a happy person. Um, so just negative comments, negative people, just the whining, I guess, from adults, mm-hmm. it oh, yeah. gets me, it, it, it puts me at a, in a bad mood and I'd rather just stay away from that. And I love having my door open, but when I see that or I hear that when, by the end of the year, this year, um, I just close my door, just trying to mind my own business because you don't, I don't, I don't need that. I don't want that. So that's my pet peeve, just hearing the negative comments from people yeah. or just, just whining up and complaining about everything. Is, oh, absolutely. There's, my, my it's a, it can create a toxic workplace mm-hmm. too because they start talking to someone else and they feed into the negativity yes. and it just snowballs. And so you're right. You do have to cut those conversations off and nip the gossip in the bud. And I feel like from personal experience that those teachers who have like such a negative behavior around them are the ones with the worst classes. <laughs> like they're not that they have the worst class, but like the kids feed off of that yeah. negative behavior. And then the behavior when you have to go in and sub for them or like that's the class you don't want to go to anymore because those kids are just negative all the time also. That's very true. And I, th- I think because if you think about it, it, I can't give my students something that I don't have. So if I want my kids to be problem solvers and to keep working when things are hard, then I have to do that myself. So if, if I am not working to find solutions and I'm just complaining about negative things without offering any fixes, then it's no surprise that my students don't follow my example. Well, in contrast to the negativity, 
let's talk about the positive then. Okay. Um, so what's, what would you say the best part about your job is and why? The kids. Yeah. <laughs> as cheesy as it sounds, it's oh, the kids. Oh, that's perfect. That's great. Um, the kids make, make your day go fast. Mm-hmm. Um, if, they're, if they're bored and they have nothing to do, they're going to act up or whatever. I mean, regardless, some of them are going to act up. But the things that they say, I remember when I went to second grade as an IA, they're more mature. They don't need to ask much. Um, yes, they may be low in certain areas, but um, they, they're more independent. And when I started doing kindergarten again, um, they're funny. They, they have personalities. I remember being in kindergarten, I was like, oh, they're so cute. My first year, they're so cute and this and this and that, and they're adorable. And then you really get to know them and meet them. And then you have these kids that are like 15 year olds, but they're five. <laughs> that funny. sounds terrible. But I mean, they, it, it varies. Some of them come in like very attached to their parents or mm-hmm. whatever, but their personalities are something else. I really didn't even think about kids, you know, that little having personalities. They're just there <laughs> and they're just whatever. But yeah, they do. So the kids are great. Yeah, I think it's the same. Um, how they just brighten up my day because I'll do lunch duty with them and then I do morning duty with them. So I literally see them all the time, just general ed kids. And so second grade is like low-key my favorite grade because they're independent enough for to where they don't need my attention all the time, but they're dependent enough to where I still feel needed. <laughs> but they're like, they're so funny with their jokes and their riddles. Like they'll come up to me, Miss I, what's brown and sticky? A stick. <laughs> It's like what? That's one of my favorite. That's a good skull, like, Jerry. And it's like that constantly, all the time. And that's how you move to make them work. It's like you could tell me a joke when you finish the first five problems. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> I see. Yeah, setting those boundaries. No, that's good. And yeah. and I do love like when a second grade student comes up and tells you, "Do you want to hear a joke?" I mean, the answer is either always, always yes, yes or <laughs> as soon as you finish those five problems, because yeah. you know you're in for a good punchline. <laughs> Okay, so we talked about the best part about our job being the kids, and and so now let's say it's the principal comes up to you like you just got to work in the morning, and they say like, Miss Aniguez, Miss Martinez, we need you to blank today, fill in the blank. Like, what's the what's the best thing that could go in that blank, and what's the worst thing that could go in that blank? I usually am very happy to do whatever um, my principal, Miss Martinez, asked me to do. Usually, it's it's almost never a negative thing. But the one thing that she asked me to do, and I hopefully, hopefully she hears this so she knows never to ask me to do this again, would be go to Jefferson and do the testing hallways. That was the most <laughs> longest two days sitting in front of the restroom. The boys' restrooms stink, first of all. Well, yeah. They just stink. Yeah, they do. Um, sitting, just sitting there, I read three books in two days. Three long chapter books that I've been sitting on. Just It was out, and I'm, I really don't want to do that again. I think that's the worst thing. And then the best thing would be um, subbing in for specific classes. So, like, um, am I allowed to say teachers? Things? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So, like, Miss Hunton's class. So, this past year she was second grade. So, this year she's going to be in third grade. I would always sub for her class. I love her class. Her kids are always cheery and bright. And that would be the best thing for her to ever ask me to do. <laughs> okay. So, I just want to follow up, like, why was it so terrible to read three books in two days? Because you were just... I, it was, I think it's just boring. Just oh, having, so you were just sitting not, there. Not because I had to read, because I love reading. I think it was more like 
all I could do was read. Mm -hmm. Like you just had to stay there. Yeah. I will say I, I love that answer because I'm on campus as well during testing season and I see, that's exactly what I see. First of all, I, I run into teachers from different campuses and it throws me off. I'm like, am I at the wrong place? Because you don't belong here and where am <laughs> I and what are you doing at this campus? But then, yeah, you just see these teachers uh, sitting sitting in the hallway just looking like, okay, oh, what time is it? Oh, it's only eight o'clock. Oh my gosh, eight more hours of this or whatever. Yeah, so <laughs> I've seen that face of the just zoned out teacher. Third book, here we go. Okay, let's get started. <laughs> I had to do that. They asked me to do that, um, to go to Jefferson and, and watch them. But um, I enjoyed it because my kids are already in Jefferson. Well, like one of my first classes, some of them I think I have already gone to high school. But I remember when I did go, I saw a lot of the kids that I had in kindergarten. And that was awesome because I didn't recognize them, but they recognized me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is, um, Ms. Martinez, I didn't even know you were here. And... And I'm looking at them like, I don't remember your name. I kind of <laughs> remember your face. You look so different, but I don't remember your name. And then, um, so that's always great to go. And I'm a walker. So I, like, I, I have to stay up and move at all times. I, I get bored if I don't. Um, so I was always walking and just, if I saw them in the hallway, that was awesome. Yeah. I think that was also part of it since it's my first year. And so the only kids I know are the kids at my campus. Yeah. And that was the first time I've ever been at Jefferson that all these kids were looking at me like, who's this? Who are you? Like, who is this person? I'm just like, I don't know either, dude, <laughs> to be honest. I don't know why I'm here either. <laughs> I'm still yeah. figuring it out myself. <laughs> so Ms. Martinez, uh, principal, best case scenario of what I need you to do this today and worst case scenario. That would be one of them, I yeah. guess. Go to the to Jefferson. I. Um, but that's your best case scenario. That's my best okay, case. Okay, and scenario. it's her worst case. Scenario. <laughs> right. Interesting. Just yeah. to see them, because yeah. um, I haven't seen them in so long. Um, and what else? Worst case scenario, I'm gonna go back to being an IA, I guess, and. In pre-K. <laughs> no, <laughs> subbing. Okay. Subbing. Period. I I I didn't like it. I I disliked it a lot because you never know where you're gonna be. You think you're going to be in your classroom, but you're not. They end up pulling you, and then they don't have sub plans or whatever reason. That that was a big part of it. Mm. So. so you have the exact opposite answers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I that is strange it. how that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so something we, we talked about um, earlier was um, that, Ms. Martinez, you had gone on kind of on a journey from being an IA to being a teacher. So could you... Could you talk to us a little bit more about like what that was like and why you decided to do that? And I know you said we're telling Diana like college is so worth it. Could you just speak to that a little more? Um, how do I start? I remember when I started working um, as an IA, I didn't want to be a teacher. Like after my first two, three years, I was like, I'm okay with doing what I'm doing. I like what I'm doing. I like the kids. It's not my responsibility. Like if anything happens, I'm not the teacher on record. So I just liked being there and not doing lesson plans and just the best part, the kids. Um, and I remember thinking, I do not want to be a teacher. P teachers have to deal with parents. They have to deal with the principals. They have to deal with um, all the responsible things. So I got into that mentality. I want to work in a school, but not as a teacher. As the years passed by or went on or whatever, um, how do I say it? There was a lot of comments from teachers that would come in that didn't have the same respect as the veteran teachers. So they will make comments like, well, who's gonna be in my class today? And I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna be in your class or whatever, if they were gonna be out. 
are you even qualified to be in my classroom? Wow. So, mm. like, little comments like that kind of just got to me. Sure. And I was thinking, like, I've been doing this longer than you have. The only difference is I don't have my degree. And I remember somebody once said something about um, who's in charge of the, uh, the potluck. And they were like, oh, usually the IAs are. And I heard the comment. Oh, when they told me that, um, I knew I had to come help y'all. I didn't, I didn't know if y'all were going to understand my instructions. On my post-it note, it literally said, "Put the oven wow. on 350 and put the <laughs> sandwiches in." So that wow. like, those little things kind of built up in you. I remember that's the year after that I signed up to go to to get my bachelor's. I signed up for six classes that first year, and the second year I signed up for seven. I ended up leaving the job here for that year because I needed to do my student teaching and finish those last seven classes. But I remember those little comments; they got to you. They got to me. And I remember thinking, I already do what teachers do. The only thing I don't do is lesson plan. Mm -hmm. Because I was already taking care of the teachers whenever they were on maternity leave or whenever sure. they were sick or whatever. Um, I was already taking care of the class. So, And I already knew the kids. I already knew how the routines went. So I think the only thing I didn't do was lesson plan. So when I did end up deciding, I finished those two years right away. Because, I mean... It's the same thing. <laughs> so now you just get paid better. <laughs> well, so now as a teacher, do you still hear those kind of comments, or do you kind of try to be an advocate for the IAs now in your new position? I try to be an advocate. Like I've always, I've always stated, whenever I do have a chance, I do try to talk to them about have we ever looked into programs for the IAs to finish their education? Because I remember at the beginning they did help the IAs pay their schooling. I was like, if you think about it, the people are, that are here the longest are the IAs. Mm -hmm. Like, they've mm -hmm. been here for years and years, oh, and yeah. they don't go anywhere because they're happy. I said, um, a lot of them are just, we don't, as an IA, you don't make enough to go home, you know, feed your family, and then go to school. I was blessed to have gotten grants and scholarships and all that stuff, and that's how I got through college. But, um, yeah, I always tell the IAs, go to school, stay in school, like, it's worth it. Like, just stay or keep going or enroll. And I, whenever I go to admin and I talk to whoever, I, I tell them, like, why don't we ever look into that? Like, help them get through school. Because, I mean, if you think about it, the, the employees that have been here the longest are IAs. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm like, it's worth it. You know they're, they're going to stick around because they know the families, they know the kids. Well, so. and, and I mean, just common sense like you're investing in future good teachers yeah instead our, of having teachers leaving and coming and leaving and coming you already know the IAs are here you know they know the parents they're gonna be here so I mean yeah. maybe I'm wrong but no that makes sense I think I mean it's great I, I would love for us to start more IA scholarships mm -hmm. and I'm sure I'm sure you would too Miss Indigas I would really appreciate that <laughs> um because off of what I'm considered so I have DACA so that means I have to do uh, a completely different grant process and because of how much I make, which is not a lot. Um, and because, um, so it's just my income, not included my my dad's. So because I'm considered single. Um, you make too much. I make too much. So I don't qualify for scholarships. I don't qualify for grants. Mm -hmm. I have to pay everything out of pocket. So I'm only taking two classes this upcoming semester, and my total is 2800 for just two classes, that's which expensive. I don't have money for. Because yeah. that's, yeah. not, that's not even one month of paycheck. That's like... Two months. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh. I mean, I mean, yeah. I don't know what to say. That's that's rough. <laughs> I, I I hear you. That's rough. And yeah. That's all I can say. So. 
maybe this podcast can be the voice for change. Yes. Hopefully. <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> yeah. um, so but, th- I'm going to change up the next question if it's okay, Mr. Trey. Sure. Because it was, it was more about like, basically, like, let's change it to this. How do you balance finding time at work and then finding time at home, whether it's for your schooling or whatever you do to take care of you or whatever it is to take care, like be with the family, be with the kids. So how do you have that work-life balance? I have no idea. I really don't. <laughs> like it just magically gets done. Um, I turn in a lot of late work. I usually talk to teachers and be like, like I work full time and it's, it's a little hard and most of them understand because I'm working in a school. So they're a little more lenient with mm-hmm. me. Um, when you say I talk to teachers, you mean the professors? Yeah, professors at, at my at your university. College. Okay. So, and then it helps a lot because of the teacher I work with. She's um, Janelle Bulinati. So when I don't understand questions, I can usually ask her, like, hey, can you help me on my homework? And she knows everything because I'm going to school for EC through six special education with a bilingual supplement. So she knows all of that. <sighs> she knows a lot of special Rolls off the tongue, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, because I'm planning, I was like, well, I'm going to school. I might as well get all three sort of certificates in one sitting because I don't want to keep coming back. Sure. Yes. No. Smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's smart though, using the teacher's empathy to be like, come on, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm it's doing. Like, you know I'm, what I'm going through. Yeah. Like I'm practicing this day to day. Exactly. So maybe just a little help, please. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard uh, balancing everything. Uh, I've gotten better. I want to say um, that two years ago, whenever I was full-time, um, working full-time, teaching, soccer mom, everything, that was the hardest years, year. I would go to sleep at 3 o'clock in the morning, or I will usually sometimes start working like around 1 in the morning and then wake up to go to school and get my kids ready and still have to take them to soccer. So that was very, very hard. I mean, that was a pass. You know, it's worth it now. But um, I do, we do, I I say we, my sisters and I, we try to be spontaneous on the weekends. Like, we just wake up, what are we doing? I don't know. Let's go to um, Dinosaur Valley. Let's go to the zoo. Let's go to the aquarium. Let's go to the park. So we just, it's just being spontaneous. We don't really try to plan things because when you plan things, we feel like things don't work out. So we we do end up trying to be spontaneous, you know, to, to try to control that because they're at school all week and then we're busy all week. So we try, I, I try to leave my computer at home during the week, do whatever I need to do the day that I stay for training. And so that weekend I don't have to take my computer home, that I don't have to take anything. Mm-hmm. I stopped um, taking anything home. I think after November, I was tired. I was burning myself out, taking things home. And I was like, it's going to get done regardless. So I just started, started leaving my computers. I, I'll take it when I have things to do that can't wait. But it's rare the time that I take my computer home just because I don't, I don't want to take any more time for my kids. Well, you, you have to set those boundaries. Otherwise, you yourself or other people will cross over those boundaries. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the, like, the weekend time is family time. That's a great boundary. I wanted to touch on something that you, you mentioned that maybe also plays into the balance specifically of family and work because you said your sisters, you have two sisters, is that right, that, that work with us at TVP? Yes. Two. And both of the both of the same campus, or all three of you at the same campus. Yes. What is that like? Does that does that help? Do you guys get along? You don't have to answer if you don't want to. You don't have to call anybody out. But or do you guys kind of butt heads? How's that work? No. Um, 
So it's it's five of us. My well, my mom works at 10th Street, mm-hmm. and um, it's five of us girls. I don't know how she did it. I I really <laughs> don't. But I mean, we all get along. Um, all five of us. We're very different, but we're also very close. So my two sisters that do work with uh, with me at Ledbetter, like I said, we're very different. We're opposites, actually. But we know how to... We're used to each other. Like, mm-hmm. we check and balances. We check each other. But we, we're not very resentful, and we don't argue. We're very, I guess, professional at work. Um, we get angry or we're upset at, about something. We talk to each other. Or yell, but whatever. But not at work. <laughs> but we, we talk it out, and we're not those siblings that stay mad at each other for two, three days. We... We got into an argument earlier, not not today, but like we get into an argument mm-hmm. um, an hour later. I'm over it, mm-hmm. or they're over it. Oh, I text them, what are y'all eating? Oh, what are y'all doing? <laughs> um, That's like the text food. message lingo for like, we're no longer mad at each other. Yeah, we can talk about and, food. And that's the great the equalizer. Yeah. <laughs> that's the good thing about us. It's like we get over things really fast, so we don't stay mad. That's good. But we don't see each other at work either. My sister stays in her pre-K class. I stay in my kinder class. And Marlene, we're just like, I need to use the restroom. Can you come as soon as possible? And she'll go and give me a break, and then she'll leave. But she'll. But be- then you're right back after. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Not taking those two-hour restroom breaks. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's a balance. Okay. Those are great answers, by the way. Uh, so if someone said to you, I'm thinking of sending my kids to TBP, should I? Why or why not? What would you say? I'm good at this. No. Um, <laughs> because I believe in what I do mm-hmm. and what we do. Um, I, I'm honest. You know, I do. I've had a lot of parents ask that whenever whenever I was at Ewing or whenever we were promoting for Ledbetter. Mm-hmm. Um, they would ask us, like, what do you think? And, I mean, I'm completely honest. You know, not because I work there, but, you know, we do care for the kids. Um, they, TVP in general, wants to help the kids. So I try to explain that and just give them my personal opinion about that and how long I've been there. And I was like, if I didn't like it or didn't believe in what we do, then I wouldn't be there. So that's how I sum it up, basically. I feel like, because I've told parents this, and I feel like at least, I can't really talk about gen ed side because I'm not there all day, but like on special education side, because, I have three younger brothers who are all in the special education department for, they're in Dallas ISD. Um, the quality education that they get there versus the quality of education that at least I try to give and the other people in my department try to give, I feel like we do a lot better. <laughs> like not trying to like bash Dallas ISD or anything, but I feel like there's a difference in quality of education and the, how much we care and how much affection we have for the kids and how we actually try to do the best for them as possible and not caring about the numbers or how much money the school is going to get because they're special education or anything like that. So I feel like um, TBP does do a really good job with that. Well, and especially too, because of our kind of smaller ratio of teachers and aides to students that you're able to really get to know your students. Whereas in a bigger ISD, you might be kind of, you know, lost in the you can you get crowd. lost in the system, especially because because we have smaller student to teacher ratios. It's a lot easier to notice when your kid isn't um, like all the other kids. I guess you can say my brother he is in seventh grade now. When he was in, he didn't get diagnosed with like um, 
under the special education spectrum until he was in the fourth grade, which he should have been diagnosed back in at latest second grade, which mm-hmm. my brothers, my other two brothers were able to get it because it's a hereditary thing. It's, um, it's something with their genes they're, because they're guys or whatever. Um, they were able to get diagnosed because he was diagnosed first, but the fact is that it shouldn't have waited that long. But he was in a really big classroom and the teacher couldn't, she just didn't know. And it's not her fault. Um, it's just that cl- the class to the ratio size really does matter. And I think TBP offers a really small ratio, which is really great. I've never seen a classroom bigger than 22 students at my campus. While when I was in elementary school, all our classrooms were 30 plus. Mm-hmm. And wow. there's that difference. That makes a huge difference. Yeah. 10 screaming kids make a difference, <laughs> especially with your headaches. <laughs> okay. All right. So now. This is the fun part. I mean, this whole part has been fun, really, but these are the final three questions we ask every guest. So, Mr. Trey, why don't you, why don't you take us off? So, if TBP were a fictional character or a famous person or celebrity, who would it be and why? That's hard. I was in class the whole time, like, so what character? <laughs> I really don't know. Um, what about Arthur? Okay, uh, go okay they, Arthur from, goes through everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they try to teach you about everything, um, life lessons, being different. I don't know. They have a lot of episodes, so maybe Arthur. Okay. Like Go through everything. So just for our listeners who aren't familiar, Arthur is this series on PBS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's an aardvark, as we discovered earlier. Um, I agree with that because um, not only do they show everything that you go through in younger in your younger age, they also teach them how to overcome it. Like the emotion, especially emotionally wise. So, okay. So learn some good social emotional skills. Yeah. And, okay. And I think if, if memory serves, Arthur deals with a lot of it, it's it, uh, maybe some atypical things for children's shows where it's like I think they've talked about like divorce and like more serious things that kids may be experiencing experiencing at home mm-hmm. that they can go. Oh, okay. I can take a little information away from that. So. Yeah. Okay. Good problem solving skills. Okay. So next question: If you could uninvent one thing. What would it be and why? I'm ready for this one. Okay. <laughs> glue. Like liquid glue. I, I, I can't. Not anymore. No. I was fine with it until this year, and I realized how bad kids manage liquid glue. Like, mm-hmm. it's so bad. It gets everywhere. They don't understand that. You just need a little bit. No, they have to take the cap off, pour everything out, and it's just <laughs> everywhere. And you can't take it off. It takes forever. <laughs> I can't. But the glue sticks. Glue sticks are, are okay. fine. So no yeah, liquid glue. glue sticks. What do you... Of course glue sticks. It's glue. Uh, Is that what you're... Did I miss something? Oh, glue sticks. Okay, got it. Sorry, I thought you were just saying that glue sticks. We can move on. So glue. Okay, got it. So liquid glue, yeah. And then also, I'm tired of slime. That's also part of it. Which is made with liquid glue. Yeah. So there we go. Slime, did you say? Like, slime is okay until they bring slime into the classroom, and it's everywhere. I had a girl who decided that... That she likes slime, right? So she puts it in her hair, and then she put it in her eyelash. So we sat in the oh, nurse's office no. with with slime on her eyelashes. I feel like that's kind of a natural consequences yeah. <laughs> type of punishment. That was a 45-minute waiting in the nurse's office trying to get it off with ice cubes, with water, until uh, baby oil solved it. Baby oil. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Write that down, teachers out there. Baby oil gets slime so out of eyelashes. You, you asked about slime. Like, are you not familiar with? I'm no. I don't know what you. I don't so know what this is. It's exactly what it sounds like. So they they make it. I think like like tied and glue, and they just make this like different multicolored slime thing. Mm-hmm. 
and it's it's kind of like a more viscous version of silly putty. Okay, I think I remember making this as a kid. So, uh, but yeah, they'll just stretch it out, play it with their hands, and just like, okay. it just, yeah, it's a mess. Like, I love slime up until a certain point. Then I'm just tired of it. What's that, what's that point? Um, so usually we have like silly putty and stretchy putty mm-hmm. for our kids um, because they work a lot better when they're doing two things at the same time, like playing with the putty and then doing their work at the same time. But once it, the slime is more like, slimy for a lack of a better term <laughs> Run, running like, and, running yeah. and stuff it's just it's why yeah. why would you bring that here please don't <laughs> my kids took some home and left it on the couch and oh it got on the couch and it's like this big spot on my couch my husband was so mad he's like <laughs> don't ever bring that here because it just stayed there now it's just hard like you can't take it off anymore oh oh so the slime is still there Yes, it's it's on my couch, but I mean it's hard. It you you can it hardens. It it's like um, when Play-Doh dries. Uh, that's what it feels like. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know slime could dry. I just so. thought it always stayed slime. We're learning so much about slime today. <laughs> this is more than I thought I'd learn ever. It's great. Okay, yeah. Miss Martinez, what about you? What are you gonna uninvent? Don't hate me, but I always say this. I've said this a million times. I don't like technology. Okay, here we go. I'm just going to go. I'm going to go now. I'm just going to take my headphones <laughs> off. No, and wait, walk no, out no, of the not room. all technology. Okay. But like touch screens or like tablets and stuff. And it's just so hard. It's it's addictive. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard for kids to to wing off of it. Like they have withdrawals at school. Right. Um they see a tablet and they're like what what time are we doing the tablet? What what time are we going to do it? What, like, what are we going to do? Can I do this? Can I go on YouTube? Can I? No, you cannot go on YouTube. We're going to use them later. Mm-hmm. And they don't use it for what they need to use it. They want to use it to go on YouTube or do other things. And if right. it's not what they want, then they don't want to do it anymore. But it's very, very hard for, for them to, to, to get off of it or wing off of it. And they're so young, but that's all. You see them on, on their phones. You see them on... You know, you can't read, but you 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 know how to mess with an iPhone. Mm-hmm. So kind of things. No, that makes sense. I'll so. I'll accept that. I'll well, accept that answer because that's <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. But okay, I'll I'll challenge that a little bit. So like, there will always be addictive things in the world. Mm-hmm. So is it is it the fault of those addictive things, or is it the fault of the parent who has conditioned that child to get used to that tablet? Yes, and it has a lot to do with the parent. I do think it, a lot of it is the parents because they've gotten so used to don't cry here. Here's my phone. It's yes. A, um, it's a Band-Aid to fix every problem. Yes. Oh, um, just the fact that they, the kids, so like as little as two, one, mm-hmm. they're sitting, or even just months old, they're sitting there staring at a screen or like, like I've told my son, he's like, but I like watching them. They're doing this. I said, Jerry, you're watching some, oh, sorry, I said my name, his name. I said, Jerry, you're watching um, somebody have fun. You're sitting here watching somebody have fun. Why don't you go outside and Mm -hmm. go do the same thing? Go do some slime. Go play in the mud. Go to the trampoline. I said, here you are sitting watching somebody have fun. And so that's a big argument between my nine-year-old and myself. But um, even just going outside was very hard at first. And... He didn't want to get dirty. He didn't want to get wet. I ended up just telling him, no, jump in the puddle. Jump in the mud. Look, when I was little, we did mud pies. And like I'm <laughs> sitting there trying to make a mud pie to just get him to do something besides being inside. 
um, watching TV or something. But no, he doesn't have an iPad or. A He's tablet. like, but there's this mud pie app on my phone. You want to play that? <laughs> Pretty much. So that, I think that's one of the things about me. So was was the mud pie slime one generation ago? What the mud pie? Was I mean, wasn't Is it that your generation slime? Like, wasn't it the same thing? No. No. No, you can you can wash mud away. Yeah. You can't uh. do that with slime. Yeah, when I was eight, I mean we literally had the hose open and then you just let it get all muddy and then I remember this. Um we would throw it at the side of the house. And I remember I got chased by my mom. She was so mad because if you she went outside, she this is not child cruelty or anything. Um she would lock us out of the house. Because <laughs> um, the air was on, so she didn't want us coming in and sure. out, in and out. She right. said the only reason we could come in is if we needed to um, go to the restroom or it was time to eat. But she would lock us out. We had a trampoline. We had a pool. We had holes. And I remember that time she kept hearing something hit the side of the house. And she finally comes out, and it was the house was full of mud pies. And you just see them all just running down. She was so mad at us, and she chased us like down the street because she wanted to <laughs> whoop us so bad and then she made us wash the house. So. That's a good punishment. You yeah. got to wash the house. You made the mess. You clean it up. So that was that was my, oh, and we had this tree that had berries in the back and we would take them down and we would eat them and then we would make Kool-Aid from them and add sugar to it, water, those little berries and, and we ate them. So that, that was fun. I'm Is that we, safe? Is that- exactly. <laughs> I'm just glad, I'm glad we didn't get poisoned. Yeah. They look like blackberries, but I don't know. I was not an outside kid at all, so this is all very new to me. Yeah. Berries. So, uh, this okay. was before internet and um, cell phones. I mean, my daddy had a beeper, you know, kind of thing. I wanted a beeper. Those were the days, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a beeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm They're not, overrated. I'm not joking. <laughs> I, no, I believe you. <laughs> Okay, so last question. Do you guys have any, is there any general life advice that you would like to um, pass on, um, something either to teachers or just people in general that, that, that you try to uh, live in your life that you'd like to pass on? Be flexible. Mm-hmm. Flexibility. There it is That's again. Yeah. a big word. Um, you have to be flexible um, when you're a teacher and just positive. Op- what is it, optimistic? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you do choose to see the negative, that's your day. Like it's just how you see things. So flexibility and just optimistic. I think that's good. Especially especially like we go back to talking about those negative people and I saw a sign once that said, Did you have a bad day or did you have a bad fifteen minutes that you milked for a whole day? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Did that sign open up your eyes? I saw the sign <laughs> and, and it opened up my eyes. eyes. I saw the sign. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think mine would be don't let anyone uh, dull your sparkle because mm. it goes back to the negative people like because there would come questionable moments like why are you doing so much for your kids like what's the point of it like they don't appreciate it. it's like don't worry about what I feel for my kids worry about your classroom mm-hmm. and so I think that's that would be mine don't let them dull your sparkle I like it <laughs> okay all right guys thanks yeah. so much um, that's that's pretty much it um, thank you, Miss Iniguez, for being here. Thank you, Miss Martinez. We appreciate it. You guys did great. Thanks for coming out. Thank you for having us. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Good job, guys. Thank you for listening to the Bolt Podcast. 
follow us on Twitter at The Bolt Pod for episode updates or reach out to us at thebolt at trinitybasin.net. As always, do more, expect more, and be more. So you were just I've driving in, to work by yourself? I've been in two accidents. I've hit three stationary things. It's, it's just questionable. Wait, two accidents and hit three stationary things? Yes. So, so two birds, five. one accident? <laughs> two, two, two birds, one stone type thing? Okay. Yeah. Just ricocheting a fire hydrant telephone pole. <laughs> okay, wow. So I'll make sure to let you leave first <laughs> when we're done here. About 20 minutes on the road, and, then yeah. like, and we're good. Okay, we're safe. <laughs> and she's going a different direction than me, so...